for future economic trends. This is BizTalk. China has relaxed its COVID controls, making it easier to travel domestically, allowing COVID patients to quarantine at home and tries its best to keep businesses operating. These easing of COVID policies is much welcomed, not just by the public, but also by the economy. However, with rising infections in the near term, challenges remain. So we'll talk about today, what is next? In China's economy. Joining us today are our guests, Jimmy Zhu, Chief Strategist of Fullerton Research. Welcome, Jimmy. Ms. Tao Wan, Head of Asia Economics and Chief China Economics, UBS Investment Bank. Welcome. And Mr. Felix Q, Country Head, China Ducet Fudu Hotel and Resorts. Welcome to our show, ladies and gentlemen. Can I start with the lady, Ms. Wang Tao? What do you think are the key advantages that Chinese mainland has in its path to reopening? Now, I think Omicron is probably less dangerous than uh, other variants that that's, you know, expert, as expert says, right? So when China opens, the death rate is likely to be lower than the previous uh, variant. But in terms of the, the, the economy, I think one thing that is uh, the, rec- the domestic demand is obviously the dominant part. So domestic consumption uh, has been held up and uh, saving, there has been excess saving, involuntary saving because people are physically restricted. And now with the easing, obviously people are going to go out and spend a bit more. So consumption will rebound quite sharply. As consumption rebound, I think a lot of the SMEs, small shops that have been closed for so long uh, in the last couple of years will be able to gradually reopen. That then will support employment and income and then sustain uh, the consumption. And that actually activities will rebound very sharply after that from the second quarter onwards. Um, More recently, given the uh, developments, we published another note Uh, saying that things are happening faster and earlier than expected. uh, So earlier easing, which is already happening or uh, happening quite fast. We think that actually it have probably two effects. One is that it could bring earlier rebound uh, in consumer Mm -hmm. activities and in reopening activities than we originally thought. For example, maybe starting already around Chinese New Year. And also, I think the timing of China's reopening and recovery coincides with a slowdown in the global economy. The positive thing of that is that China's rebound and reopening is not going to lead to higher energy prices and higher commodity prices. So inflationary uh, worry is going to be less compared to when U.S. and Europe opened up. That's a good point. And let me move on to Jimmy. Uh, just to follow up as my discussion with Wang Tao just now, what is your expectation on the upcoming economic rebound as compared with maybe the second, second half of 2020? Uh, do you think we're going to have a as strong rebound uh, this time around? And also, Wang Tao did mention China's reopening uh, up. Uh, what actually uh, try to keep inflation at a more stable and reasonable range. Do you agree with that? And what would be the impact on China's full reopening on the global economy? I expect a quick rebound because the pent-up demand is there. I mean, uh, now the China GDP, more than 50%, 60% are from the service. 
So because the past 12 months and the past or six months, the restrictions, which is a really restrict a lot of, um, especially the shops in the super, uh, in the mall, and also um, also the small company, they find the logistic issues or, or they have to close. Uh, I think the confidence wise, it will be much more improved um, from here because the pent up demand from the com from the consumer side are very strong. On the global environment, one can just mentioned that it's also probably not so uh, becomes not so easier at this moment. The demand is very strong, but at this moment, I think uh, lots of um, especially the countries in the West like U.S. or Eurozone, lots of countries probably facing the recession risk. So the external demands, I think, is one of the challenges uh, for China. I think we have to rely on the domestic side on the domestic demand to boost the economy. One is, of course, the consumption. And the second, I think it's also uh, probably the authority will start to um, carry on to relax the rules, the properties sectors. I think that is also one of the very important drive um, to support the Chinese economy. Oh, Jimmy, just briefly, what is your outlook for CPI? Because we talked about possible increase of prices. One of the main reasons of the CPI in the past two years uh, from the other countries like in the US and the Eurozone because of the rising energy prices, stimulus, but I think one of the key things is they are really short of the uh, the supply chain is really in a shortage condition. So um, I think at this moment, there's still no spike in the China CPI outlook at this moment, um, even probably because of the virus case increasing in the coming few months. But I don't think it will bring um, a very substantial changes to the China supply chain issue. So I think the CPI probably it was still hovering around 2.5 to 3% in this range. Okay, that should be good news for Felix uh, as a business operator, uh, hearing that if prices are not going up that high, do you think that hospitality industry would also not see prices shooting through the roof in the next few months? I mean, even with demand rebounding so strongly. Because the Chinese population base is so big, so you know, they tend to have people who want to travel. And uh, because of all this new policy coming up, we are quite... Uh, Optimistic, you know, we see the light at the end of the tunnels. Previously, uh, we might have some small meeting groups coming to our resorts, you know, but because of the restrictions, so they are cancellation at the last minute. And also, we cater for uh, family uh, leisure trips, but because the kids cannot leave their uh, city, so we are have to face all this cancellation. But coming to these situations, we see there are more inquiries coming in in terms of uh, bookings and all these things, but we don't see the price to search so fast yet because in our industry, we practice uh, this revenue management. So we have to see the booking pace. And prior to this also, uh, we are hotel operators, so we sign new contracts. I am quite surprised that for these past two months, I see quite a number of inquiries coming in to manage the hotels or with building new hotels. So I think uh, at coming to third years of this uh, restriction, I think people also seeing some new positive coming in. All right. So Felix, uh, in the relaxing of COVID rules, you would definitely see that as a sign and that's, that's something going to boost your confidence in business, right? Yeah. Correct. Uh, may I ask you about your uh, company's performance in the first two years of the pandemic, let's say the second half of 2020 and 2021. How would you compare that with your peers globally? 
in the first year 2020, because our holding company is from Bangkok, Thailand. You see, in the first year in China, we are doing uh, quite uh, well compared to overseas market because of the government's then actions in controlling the spread. And uh, while overseas, they are having a, a serious uh, impact. And then coming to 2021, uh, OOC market has started to uh, improve a bit, although they are not better than uh, 2019 because of our restrictions in China. So uh, our business for last year has been affected uh, quite a lot. Uh, people cannot travel, people are doing online meetings and so on and so forth. The kids cannot leave their uh, cities because when we do leisure business, kids are the uh, decision maker actually going for holidays. So uh, a lot of our hotels has been uh, affected a lot. Not only us, I think the whole industry is, you know, sometimes uh, we face uh, single digits occupancy uh, for, you know, maybe uh, one month or two months down the road. We also have like hotel has to be closed because there are cases happening and, and, and all this. So I think, uh, uh, I think things will change uh, in, in coming months, I guess. In coming Chinese New Year, so the booking will be going hard. For future economic trends, this is BizTalk. Wang Tao, what do you think could be like measures and policies being put in place that could be further promoting business confidence, especially overseas or foreign businesses here in China? And also, I would like to get your take on the outlook of CPI. Sure. Um, maybe I start with the uh, CPIs. I actually think that services price will go up as uh, reopening happens because the service sector, like the hotel sector and the airline sector, have suffered so much. They were in retrenchment in the last couple of years, and now demand going up. I think they are about to enjoy some, um, you know, pricing power, some some price increase. Right? That's just natural. And also in China, food prices is on the rise. Uh, pork cycle is on the upper leg uh, now, and it will continue to rise. However, I think given how weak property sector is, PPI has turned negative. That means the upstream prices are not so strong and en energy prices have come down and will be lower compared to this year. So that's actually good news for downstream uh, operators like uh, hotels or you know like some of the services and, and also uh, some of these uh, manufacturing sectors. So we, our uh, inflation expectations, CPI, we're actually a bit weaker. We see it at 2 to 2.5% on average because of the base effect. It will be higher, but later uh, it will come down uh, a bit. So in terms of our outlook, what else can boost confidence and what else are the, the key drivers? One is about easing COVID policy. And so that's very supportive of business and consumer confidence. The second one is property easing measures. Easing measures are coming through uh, with the help of uh, COVID easing measures. We think consumer purchasing demand will pick up, but also for the developers, their financing are going to improve. And so construction will rebound. Our expectation is that things will stabilize in the next two, three months and then start to rebound from March, April onwards. So that's very important. The third one, fiscal policy will be very supportive. There has been an announcement that uh, there is a special treasury bond issuance of 750 billion RMB. So I think those measures um, basically continue the government support will, will be very helpful. And finally, I think that a stabilization and normalization of regulations 
uh, in the industry, which we, we expect to happen, will also help boost business confidence. Well, what other tools do you think the PBOC has in its pockets to support economic recovery? Uh, at the moment, uh, so the most important tool is actually fiscal policy from a macro uh, point of view. I think fiscal policy will continue to be supportive, uh, spending more on infrastructure. Um, you know, I, I hope they can also support consumers and small businesses. On the monetary side, I think PBC will not likely to cut interest rate given the fact that the Fed continues to um, raise rate and the exchange rate you know, has uh, depreciated a little bit. Uh, but the PBC, of course, can use the on-lending facilities and triple R cut to increase uh, liquidity. Uh, they also use window guidance. Thank you. Uh, let me go to Jimmy now. Jimmy, uh, what would you say are the highlights in economic efforts, uh, growth efforts in China during 2020 and 2021? In the past two years, I think the economy is still very uh, was still pretty strong at this moment. Actually, at that time, um, compared with lots of other major economy, I think China still scored very um, impressive growth. Uh, the GDP rates, especially in 2020, when lots of countries are still in the negative growth, and because we control the pandemic pretty efficient at that time, so we create lots of uh, domestic demands. Also, we um, exports lots of products to overseas at that time to bring lots of growth to the countries. And um, also, I think the past two years, I think consumption are still pretty resilient at this moment. Uh, at, I mean, in general, in the past two years, recently we saw the consumption a bit slow. I don't think it's really because of the demand is a really slump, but more. Uh, I think more or less it's because of the um, COVID measures that restrict the people to uh, to purchase the thing. Um, moving forward, uh, most of the things I pretty agree with Wang Tao that the monetary stance, uh, the policy probably will play a small role, but I think it will be more targeted and more forceful. Um, if the central authority probably want to uh, give more support to the growth, probably it will um, consider one cut probably in the LPR five-year tenor. I think it's still possible. But on the other side, I think uh, provide the liquidity, especially to the SME and the real economy, after the COVID uh, cases are being calmed down, I think it's still very necessary. So I think uh, fixable policy really plays a very important role to continue to support the domestic economy. Yeah, speaking of uh, providing support for small and especially micro-sized businesses, I mean, these are the ones that have been pretty battered uh, this year with the uh, rising infections across the country. Uh, what do you think that they need, really need at the moment? from the financial sector? The business loan is a very important, especially for SME. Um, if the shops are be affected, the business be affected to two or three months, I think their cash flow really will uh, face lots of problems compared to the bigger companies. So especially, I think, uh, continue to provide the financial support and uh, even the interest rate, a slightly lower interest rate loan to them, I think are very important to, it's a very um, effective measures to to boost the confidence among these people. And also, I think there's about, at least about 70 to 80% of the people um, in China working for private firms, and lots of them are SMEs. So um, if the SMEs are running effectively, I think it's also very um, efficient to boost the consumer's confidence. Felix, what would be your outlook for uh, where your business was be or would be going? Because this good news came uh, too fast. So some of our owners already mentioned to us that uh, you should revise your budget. But this is a good thing 
And also from hotel operator points of view, like uh, in, in China, 80% of uh, hotel properties uh, belongs to property developers. So when uh, Ms. Wang talked about uh, the easings of uh, some of the uh, liquidity for the property developers. So that's why I received quite a number of inquiries for building uh, new hotels, new resorts uh, recently. Definitely, uh, we have to revise our budget upwards, you know, because the, uh, we see the likes. Ms. Wang Tao, I would like to get your comment on China's economic performance during the first two years of the pandemic. I think in 2020, China was the first entering the pandemic, but also the first to get out uh, that wave. And so that reopening uh, from the second quarter onwards was very powerful after a very sharp drop. Uh, and then, so China was one of the very few economies and, and one of the only large economies that actually had uh, registered a, a positive growth uh, in 2020. So that was um, then. And of course, the government reacted very quickly with um, monetary support and fiscal support, special uh, bonds and special treasury bonds. 2021 was also a year driven very much by export demand. Export was super strong because globally people are reopening. China's supply chain was very resilient. Jimmy, what have you learned as a financial strategist in the past three years? I think uh, from the financial perspective, uh, perspective and the business perspective, uh, perspective, from the business perspective, I think it's a lot of Companies, I think um, they really learned how to efficiently arrange to stop to working at home. I think that is uh, one of the things probably in the next few coming few months, probably more increasing people will also doing the same thing. So they learn how to use the different platforms to work, different platforms to communicate. Even let's say 20 people in the 20 different houses or different places, things will be still in order. I think that's why observing the Chinese company in the past two years in the on the Financial market side, I think the market, the good thing is the market already know uh, what's the uh, what's the cycle probably was beginning with and end with. So they will be more prepared um, for the probably a possible shocking price move. Um, so that will help to ease the volatilities in the next, especially in the next um, six month time. So what is your expectation? Uh, what's going to happen with the property sector, let's say in the near term? Well, I think uh, there are some chances for the property sectors to recover. Um, the first is, I think, after relax the COVID rules, the, the demand is, and then also the consumptions will start to pick up. The people's confidence is also going to improve. And number two is the property sectors in China has already in a very so-called, uh, the momentum is also a bit weak at this moment. So um, from that level to recover, I think uh, probably it's not so difficult. I don't expect the property sector uh, sectors probably will recover until like the past 10 years, but I think there's a pretty good chance that you know, the momentum and uh, the sales, especially from the secondary market, probably will uh, be much better compared to the, in the environment in the past two years. All right, uh, Felix, let me come to you now. You talked about your company planning to raise your budget for China, for the Chinese mainland market. What would be your piece of advice for, let's say, either a, a peer or a newcomer in, in the industry or, you know, a peer that wants to come into the China market now? You have to have a strategy to come into China because uh, the market are in the uh, reviving moods. So uh, to have a new brand, you know, coming into China is quite uh, challenging at the moment uh, because you have to 
establish your name in the market. So for new brands coming to markets, maybe you should do some uh, research uh, in the markets, you know, what uh, markets you want to go in, uh, which market segment you want to go in. Either, either you are in the hotel, a business hotel, uh, you are in the uh, resorts kind of business, what kind of uh, target market you need to go in. What do you think that China has learned from the pandemic hit years going forward as we laying out new policies now for the uh, upcoming years? Well, I think um, as China uh, move forward, I think there are a few things. Um, during the pandemic, and uh, as there are a lot of restrictions, I think um, so digitization in China is, uh, has happened much faster. So a lot of transformation uh, in the economy. So remote working, remote learning, remote healthcare, e-commerce, and a lot of older people who used to be more resistant to using, you know, apps and, and ordering things are now getting used to it and are more educated about it. And so I think, you know, new businesses uh, development, new forms, new business models are being developed. Um, so that's, uh, uh, that's an important thing. Um, but at the same time, I think what we've learned, not necessarily China, but basically all of us have learned, is that um, interpersonal contact is still very important, especially for young people. Um, I think, you know, having to stay at home and do remote learning is very problematic for, uh, for young kids, but also for young people working in the workplace, not observing their senior staff, uh, a senior colleague, what they do and, uh, you know, doing business and so on. Uh, it means they don't have a good opportunity of um, learning by doing uh, either. So, and and uh, as that's happening, I think uh, going forward, I, I hope that people will appreciate that interactions, personal interactions are very important, also internationally, that can help basically bring more ideas and, and more understanding of each other. And so that, uh, you know, that for businesses, both innovation and also for, I think, inter, uh, so multilateral and inter-country relations that host also hopefully uh, will improve. Jimmy, I would like to get your take on the possible impact uh, on the RMB and the renminbi assets going forward. Yeah, really rise above seven versus the US dollar. I think it's a very positive sign that the people really welcome that kind of a poly, um, the, the, the COVID relaxations. Our base case scenario that probably yuan will continue to rise versus the dollar, though the pace will be a bit slow. That's from the dollar perspective, also from the yuan perspective. But on the China side, when US and the Eurozone probably will enter into the recession, I think lots of inflows actually I expect probably will um, move into China. So that would definitely give lots of the Chinese assets more support. Even China is not really exercising a very aggressive monetary measures, but I think the policy overall, including the fiscal, will be very um, friendly to the economy-wise. I think probably there will be chance that the yuan will continue to gain versus dollar and probably the, it will appreciate to 65 you think that CPI would remain in a relatively you know, reasonable range and stable uh, in the coming month. How do we deal with imported inflation pressure? Well, there will be very different story compared with China and the US or Europe in the, in the two years ago. First is uh, we don't have a large scale of the monetary stimulus. When the US is uh, cutting the industry all the way to zero and uh, 
conduct a very large size of QE together with other major central banks like ECB and the Bank of England. This is not happening in China at this moment. So I think um, the inflation will pretty be contained at this at this moment. The second is uh, uh, the I don't expect the energy prices and the commodity prices to rise, which I think probably the oil prices might even weaken further given the current global um, economic conditions, while lots of major economy probably will fall into the recession. So um, when the energy prices or the commodity prices starts to fall, one of the key pressure on the inflation is also eased. So all in all, I think the inflation still will be pretty well contained around 2.5 to 3% if there's any demand suddenly picking up or the food prices rise, then it probably will um, Push, uh, will push the inflation to 3%, but anything above, I don't really expect it will happen. Felix, after the past three years, I know the hospitality industry has gone to you know, ups and downs, probably most downs in the past few years. But you stayed here, so I would assume that your answer would be yes to the question that whether the China market still is attractive to your businesses. And nowadays, what do you think are the biggest attractions of the China market to you? I mean, other than the size of the market, um, what do you see in your customer group? Nowadays, there are a lot of Chinese consumers who has actually been to overseas. They have been to many places. They stay in a different kind of hotel. They have seen a lot, you see. So uh, they come back to China. They stay in China. They want something with good quality. Uh, right now, our target customer, they are willing to pay premium price for the to stay in a good hotel. So uh, it is important that you know we provide uh, good content for our uh, customer. Uh, and also, we are venturing into wellness business because, you know, after the pandemic, a lot of people has realized that, you know, it's not about money, it's about your health, the mobility. So we are exploring into a wellness segment uh, to cater for our uh, guess. Great. So even uh, tidying out some hard times is still businesses are making positive adjustments and changes. And my final question to Jimmy Zhu, what would be your piece of advice for global investors who are betting on China now? I think the global investment um, environment would be very tough at this moment because lots of countries are in the late cycle of the economy after the recovery of the pandemic. So I think the stocks prices and the the problem will even down further on the global basis. So for China's side, I think the yuan is uh, the yuan relevant assets is uh, really attractive at this moment because China is uh, still on the very early stage of the recovery. Uh, from the history, it shows that no matter what kind of a stock market it is in China or US in the eurozone, usually um, the stock market. Uh, tend to gain a lot in the early recovery period. So I think based on the economy, probably will continue to grow about 4%, but it's still much higher compared to many other economies, especially in the West countries. So um, I think the yuan assets will continue, will probably outperform in the next um, 12 months at least. So the Chinese economy is still very attractive for global investors as well. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. That was um, our guest of the day, Jimmy Zhu, Chief Strategist of Fullerton Research, Ms. Tao Wan, Head of Asia Economics and Chief China Economist, UBS Investment Bank, and Felix Q, Country Head, China Doucet Fudu Hotel and Resorts. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Great discussion. Thank you. Goodbye.